Hello, everybody, and thanks for listening and watching the Italian American Entertainment Podcast. And I'm your host, Vince Shirelli. And today we have Mr. Ron Onesti with us. And uh, Ron is the president and CEO of Onesti Entertainment. He's a tireless proponent of uh, Italian American causes and organizations. He's a restaurateur and uh, something I've been called before, but he's definitely one of them, which is a serial entrepreneur. So <laughs> he, uh, he books and manages the Arcata Theater in St. Charles, uh, in addition to running multiple Italian festivals around the country. So uh, welcome, Ron. How are you doing? Buongiorno, Vince. <laughs> and I'm always going to say, I always say Chiarelli. I know you say Chiarelli. And who am I to hey. say you pronounce your name? That's how you do it. That's it, uh, It's Chiarelli. No one can say it, though. So. I, I, I love it. It's like ordering a beautiful dinner. <laughs> I, I wish people could say it. That's the problem when I say when they say, well, how do you really say your name? It's Chiarelli. Oh, Chiarelli. Then they then it's yeah. worse. So I just I'd rather say Chiarelli. <laughs> Let's change the spelling. Just do a K I R. There you go. I mean, hey, there's been someone's called me your whole thing. They've called me Chiarelli before. It's it's been it's been bad. But anyways, so I've known you for I think. I, I specifically remember the first time you called me. Uh, I, it was 2013 because I was in our, my wife and I, we, we got our first townhouse together. And uh, I remember getting this call from you and not knowing at all who you were and you bringing up that video of me and my grandfather. Um, and that was the first time we had talked. And ever since then, I, I think we're friends and you've helped me and uh, played at your festivals. And so it's been great getting to know you all these years. So. Well, you know what? I remember it like it was yesterday because I'm number one. I'm such a fan of yours. Oh, thanks. You've always been doing. I mean, talk about a serial entrepreneur. I mean, that may or may not have a negative connotation to it. The reality of it is, you're tireless, resourceful, always looking for that next deal. But you're doing it with passion, and you're doing it with with the soul. You know, I mean, it's not just. I mean, a lot of guys out there making deals, making deals, make money, get out. You're doing it based around what you're passionate about. And when I saw video of this young guy what could you have been at the time 22 i don't know yeah uh 21 22 yep yeah because 2013 so, i was yeah 22 23 yep yeah so i mean i saw this and you're doing your you know the songs my grandfather taught me i i i, I cry think about it now <laughs> yeah. you know because it hit me so because i never really met any of my grandparents you know they all passed right. away before uh, i got to meet them and uh, and it just really touched me what you were doing and i thought it was just so important and that's I want to do whatever I can, even since then, whatever I could ever have done to support you in my little world. I was always want, willing to do that. Well, I appreciate it. And, and you have. We've uh, done you, your festivals are great. Uh, met a lot of cool people at your festivals. You do. A, you, it's unfortunate with uh, what's going on right now that uh, they can't be happening. But we'll get into that uh, a little later. But to start uh, to start this, uh, since this is about Italian-Americans and the yeah entertainment industry. Uh, where do you trace your Italian ancestry? Let's start there. Well, um, <clears throat> uh, my mother was born in Florence. My father was born here in Chicago on Taylor Street in Chicago's Little Italy, of course. But uh, his family, his, uh, my grandparents, are from uh, Salerno, okay. you know, uh, Naples region. And, um, and I was born in, on Taylor Street in Chicago's Little Italy. Um, but the Onestis came to America originally in 1911 through Ellis Island and um, settled right there on Taylor Street, a couple of blocks from where I was born. And, uh, and since then, you know, like I said, uh, I, I, was, I was there until about, until I was about nine years old. And then we went to other different, in Chicago, I'm sure they do it out by you as well, but mm -hmm. I would own parishes. You know, parishes is a big right. deal in our 
Italian heritage. And there was a, 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 a school that had a, a, had a tremendous, terrible fire in 1958, Our Lady of the Angels, a very famous fire where I believe it was 97 children and three nuns perished um, wow. at this, this horrible fire. And I went to that school after that. That was in 1958. I was there in 1970, you know, uh, let me think here, 74. Okay. You know, I went there. So again, we, we moved a little bit when I was growing up, but we always met, moved from one Italian neighborhood to another. Right. We went from the original one, of what people call it, one of the original ones, Taylor Street, but then, you know, then we went to, when we moved to the suburbs, we went to Elmwood Park and Melrose Park and again, all Italian communities. Right. Yep. And um, so that's why I've uh, I've been so involved in my Italian heritage, because it's always been thrust upon me in a positive way. Yeah. Yeah. No. And it's uh, now that you said 1911, that's interesting. My uh, I've been doing my family tree the past couple months and it's been very difficult because Sicily didn't keep any good records but I've gotten back to the 1700s so I'm pretty proud of my yeah I'm proud of myself for finding that but the uh, uh, 1911 my uh, great great grandfather came over and went to Chicago so uh, you never know yeah he uh, I I never knew some of my ancestors were in Chicago but I got like the addresses and stuff of where they were staying and some of these boarding houses I would love to know some of those from the 1900s on some of those addresses yeah, no, really one of them was Oak Street, which I know Oak Street now in Chicago is like kind of all the big stores and all that are over there. Right. Uh, but he, I found the address and now I think it's whatever, <laughs> one of the fancy jewelry stores, but it's, uh, he was right there on Oak Street. It's kind of interesting. Very interesting because yeah. that really was an area that was settled by Italian Americans for sure. Interesting. I never knew that until this. So, but, uh, so anyway. This is Oakley. As Oakley, now you're talking again, the Taylor right. Street area. Definitely, you know what Oakley is. Yeah, yeah, Oakley. You know, I always tell people when they when they say where where have you played at Ron's festivals, and they know about Taylor Street and all that. But the Oakley Street to me um, is, in my I'm not from Chicago, but in my opinion, is probably the Little Italy. (laughs) From what I see when I go there, Um, it's super. Just in that one or two blocks, it's super Italian with all those restaurants and everything. And I know some Rockford people, they go out there to some of the Bacchanalia and all those restaurants. It's very, it's very cool. little couple blocks there. It's, it's a cool area. Well, it's an area that was, um, you know, there were, there's a big company uh, back in the day called uh, Ryerson Steel. And it's uh, just, uh, you know, about a mile away. And uh, around the 20s, 30s, 40s, you know, Ryerson was looking for, for craftsmen and, and workers and laborers. And so many from Tuscany came over. And I don't know why Tuscany for the most part, but they came from Tuscany and what they would do, they would come in droves and they would work and send the money back to Italy, but they would all stay in these apartments, like 10, 20 guys at one time. They stay for about nine months and they go back and, uh, and send, you know, these big checks back. And that's how, you know, they, they survived and, and, and supported their families. And so these little trattorias, little restaurants opened up on the side street there on Oakley Hmm. and just on Western Avenue there, just to take care of all these laborers that are living in these these uh, um, uh, apartments. And so the, as the apartments were built out and then Ryerson Steel eventually closed, uh, but, the, but these restaurants, um, uh, they flourished and they, they were opening them even in the seventies. Uh, um, Bacchanalia opened, you know, around, I think it was the early eighties. I, I would have to check with Danny and Paula, but, uh, but I know La Fontanella was open right around uh, uh, in the late seventies, mm-hmm. but there was Fibos, there was a uh, Vicinato, of course, um, there was a place called Toscano's that was around in the 20s, right down the street there, really? which is a 
in his uh, office on, on the end of both. You know that you know that building that you know where you play the, the big stage mm-hmm. end of the block there. Yeah. If you're playing on stage in that building, you probably use the dressing room on the right. There's just one long half block building. Right. That was Toscano. So you look that up. I mean, really gorgeous. I, when I came to, first came to the neighborhood, um, it was closed. It was shut. It was shuttered. But it was uh, still had like old tables upside down. It was like a crime scene. It's really interesting back then. Interesting. But, wow. Uh, all these little places, whether it's it's um, Oakley, whether it's Taylor Street, of course, or Harlem Avenue, or right. Brandon Ogden, or Chicago Heights, you start going to the suburbs. So many of them got these great little pockets of uh, Italian culture that uh, are still alive today at least for the most part. We're very proud of that. Yeah. Trying to hang on to it. I know. Yeah. We're, that's one of my questions a little later, but, uh, so we could, anyone could talk to you for hours about everything you've done yeah. in your life, but, uh, since this, ears bleed, absolutely. <laughs> but, uh, since this is about Italian American entertainment, we're going to stick to the entertainment side. Um, and how did you start in the entertainment industry and have you always been in the entertainment industry or did you do something before? Well, yeah, I mean, in one shape, form, form or another, I've been in the entertainment. I mean, I started, uh, um, you know, in high school, I won, uh, when I, when I was a high school age, I wanted to be a professional baseball player or um, uh, a scientist, a chemist, believe it or not. I really was into it, and Thomas Edison was my hero. I mean, that kind of thing was kind of weird that way, but I still am to a degree. We can talk about that if you want. Um, but I was always involved. I was the, the homecoming chairman, the prom chairman, student council, just all about it involved in the events. And then I opened up a bunch of different uh, businesses. Um, you know, what, what started as a, a printing company and a sign company and a silk screen did all this. And I went into sporting goods because of my athletic background. I played semi-pro baseball until I was 33 years old. Hmm. So um, we hit a thing called Onesti Softball City for 12 years. We did uniform, all the top uniforms and, and, and t-shirts and, and gear and just all that kind of stuff. And then, um, but I would, I would put on these events, you know, I, I, I'd be involved in festivals. So I, I'd be, you know, I, I first started in the Chicago uh, uh, Italian uh, festival world um, as a, a committee person. You know, I was in charge of the food vendors one year, I was in charge of the signs the next year, whatever it was. And I was always involved in all these things. And even in my sporting goods business, I would put on a thing called the softball super show, where I bring all the vendors, uh, Louisville Slugger, Easton, all these these vendors and, and manufacturers and, uh, and, and, and lease out a banquet hall room and get some food and just had all the softball players come. And then um, I realized at one point that I didn't want to do like retail. That's, that wasn't my world. My world, I, I enjoyed the creativity of it all and putting on a, uh, the events that I was doing. And then I just, one thing led to another, started doing events and then small concerts and just really, really snowballed. And, and then, then as I was doing the events, I was thinking, what I really liked, though, was the stage and, and the music. I'm such a music nut. And so it was a complete and total evolution. If we had two hours, I'd say the, the real evolution. And, and literally from moment one, from probably the time I was 12 years old to, to, to today, it literally went from one step to another to another. It's really all intertwined to from where I began to where I'm at today. Wow. No, it's very cool. You've done... A great job, and yeah, I didn't know you were, you know, the the sports. I, I've figured it out over the years. With uh, we'll talk about the Hall of Fame and all that, but uh, I didn't know about the the T-shirt printing and all that, the uniform printing. It's yeah. it's very interesting uh, uh, that you were involved in all that. But when when you were start, fact, if I could just really quick, yeah, so much so, 
Uh, my brother and I have been inducted into the Chicago 16-inch Softball Hall of Fame. Hmm. Now, which is cool, and I think it's really, really, really cool. And I go and I tell that to people to make myself look cool. <laughs> but the reality is, it's not because we played softball. I played hardball. <laughs> it's because we were um, were considered pioneers in in the 80s when we had the store because we sponsored all these tournaments and we really took the 16 and softball to another level. And wow. because of that, you know, it got a lot of uh, attention. Uh, Rich Melman of Let Us Entertain You was involved. I mean, all these big guys were involved in 16 and softball in Chicago and really gave it the staying power that, that is, is keeping it going today. So that's why we were inducted. But um, I don't let people know typically that's not because I, I was playing softball. Hey, I wish I had to say I am not sports at all. No one in my the Shirelli really? family. Oh no, we've all, we're all music from both sides of my family. No one's ever played sports. I think my dad played flag football, and he's proud of that in like sixth grade, and he was the MVP in sixth grade. That's all we have to our Shirelli name on the sports side. <laughs> Some people don't even have that, Vince. Yeah, but uh, so did you? Uh, well, it sounds like you probably didn't start with Italian American acts when you started promoting. Uh, but when did you start? Uh, promoting like more of the Italian American side, was it with more of the oh, festivals? Yeah, I mean, it actually did start with the Italian American okay. act. I mean, I you know, uh, it started with the festivals, really understanding what a stage was. I didn't grow up with like you know some of the people in our in our business aren't like for example yourself. You're a musician first, mm-hmm. and then you got into the business of it, um, or or they're actors, or they went through a theater program in high school and college, and then they want to do a you know a little theater or a theater you know program. That wasn't me at all. I wasn't involved in anything. I mean, I played a little bit of this and that, but um, did a little more singing than anything. But really, I didn't. Ha- I don't have a tremendous musical background outside of my grandfather being a mandolin virtuoso in Florence and had orchestras and all that kind of stuff. So I'm, I'm sure there's a gene in me somewhere. But right. um, but no, I, it started really with the festivals and and brought out you know, in my involvement in the Italian American community and, and those and the young adult division of the Joint Civic Committee of Italian Americans are big organization out here, the umbrella organization, and really had me understand how I could take what my dad listened to, which was Sinatra. You know, we talk about uh, in, in, in Catholicism, we have the Trinity. Well, in Italian Catholicism, we have two Trinities. We have Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and we have Frank Sinatra, Dean Martin, Tony Benton. <laughs> yeah. So we had both of the Trinities in my house all the time, not to be disrespectful, of course. Um, <laughs> So, you know, and, and then my mom was all about Pavarotti and, uh, and Caruso, right. you know, um, those were the, you know, and, 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 um, and Mario Lanza, oh, those yeah. were, that's her trinity. I mean, right. that was, so I had both of that, you know, <laughs> and, um, and so for me to be able to, to understand that there's a way that I could bring this, the music that I was brought up with in my home growing up to an event like a festival you know, I understand, I, I learned that dynamic and that's what made me really get into it. And then after that, you know, I mean, you know, high school, I grew up in the seventies and, and I was, you know, classic rock. I grew up, you know, my bands were Chicago, Beach Boys, Rush, Zeppelin, of course, um, uh, Fog Hat, you know, those, those kinds of uh, bands, you know, right. American, I mean, I loved all those things. So again, but those were way, I could never touch them at that age, but I could have a Sinatra singer. I could have, you know, that kind of stuff, the local guys. So I started pretty much with the Italian stuff. And then as my career got deeper into it, I started going through some of the rock and roll things. Right. So, you know, it's, uh, 
it's not easy putting on a festival, uh, at, yeah. let, al- let alone multiple that, that you put on. So you kind of already went through why you, why you do some of the Italian-American festivals, but uh, people don't realize that you don't put on a festival really especially that many to make a huge, huge, you're not <laughs> profit at the end of the day. There's always a deeper reason to this. So um, what made you wake up one morning and say, I want to do one, now two, now three, now I know you got one in New Jersey <laughs> and, all these, and all these festivals. Because to be honest, I've played, my band's played now all around the country at all these Italian festivals. And some of them, are wonderful that's true to the it's all italian acts it's perfect and then there's the ones that we showed up and it was you're the first italian act we've had in 50 years and it's uh, like uh, is this really an italian festival anymore um but you keep it authentic to the point that it really can be authentic anymore so what's the deeper goal for you is it really just to keep this going for your kids and your grandkids and all that yeah i mean you know um Getting involved in the Italian American community here in Chicago at a very young age, I was—I think I was—I um, don't know, 18, something like that. I mean, getting involved in the organizations, you know, um, and it really was, inst- you know, instilled in me just how important your heritage uh, is. Um, I just got—I got deeper and deeper involved in that community. Frank Congressman Frank Annunzio was around at the time, and he was in Chicago a lot, and I got to know him and his grandson and understand just how you know, how much pride we had at that time or how much strength rather we had as a community being represented um, in so many governmental um, posts uh, by Italian Americans. So anyway, I just realized how important that was and, and the, the message of fostering your heritage and keeping the, you know, uh, what your parents and grandparents, you'll see so many, you know, when I do a lot of writing, whatever, and I always use this a lot, you'll see it is, um, you know, I do this for my parents and grandparents and for all of our parents and grandparents who uh, um, came to this country with a little more than the clothes on their back. And we've all had all this narrative so many times, you know, but it really stuck in my head. So these festivals were just really interesting for me to be a part of. And so I just started to be a part of it. Uh, we had our Chicago Italian Festival was put on by UNICO, um, you know, the Italian organization, right. the national, of course, um, UNICO National, but um uh, by Tony Fernelli uh, put it on and he had me, um, uh, you know, again, I was part of a, a big committee, you know, and just learned. And then what happened was, uh, as you know, the, the, that, that generation, and it's something that we've been suffering from every generation since then is that uh, the younger quote unquote, younger generation didn't really step up. So as these, these original men and women that put these things together are, 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 uh, cotillions and our, you know, what the, the, the ladies did. I mean, just so many things that were such beautiful um, displays of our heritage. The next generations, you know, really they, their, their interests went elsewhere and it was tough. I stuck with it. I was one of the only quote unquote young guys that stuck with it. So then it got to a point where the festivals were all getting canceled. I mean, nobody wanted the responsibility because, you know, it got to be, I mean, remember back in the day, well, actually probably before, you know, your time really, um, you know, everything was all, everything was donated. Everybody was a volunteer. Every, you know, the, the entertainers volunteered their time. Every worker, you'd have payroll. And, and then plus, and then you'd have health departments. You'd have all these, you got to do this and sing that and you got to do that. And, and these kind of, and share, I mean, it was, you know, you put on a festival for, you know, $20,000 or something for, you know, it was crazy because everybody wanted it. 
But as it became more and more of a business aspect and more everybody, you got to pay everybody and there's a bigger insurance and then, then greater risks. So greater insurance costs and the insurance is 10, 20, 30, 40, $50,000 for a weekend. Um, I mean, it just kept on, no, but who's going to do that? Right. I, I made it, I tried to make it my business. And, um, and I was lucky, I had a very supportive family, but, uh, uh, and I lost a lot, you know, I mean, you get, you know, you get one rain day. Oh yeah. You're just trying to make up your expenses. And um, and I've been lucky, knock on everything. But um, but yeah, the reason why I've I've stuck with it is because I made it a business of mine uh, or part of my overall business model. Like you said before, when you preface this uh, this interview, um, the festivals aren't there to make a lot of money. They just aren't. I mean, this isn't the Lollapalooza thing. And especially now when sponsors are backing off too. You know, it's hard. It's very, very hard. Very difficult because of the financial aspect what cost uh twenty thousand dollars to put on 25 years ago cost 150 to 200,000 now so who's going to take that risk no it's hard and crazy people <laughs> you know on the uh, uh i've i've been thinking this and i you know it's something i've wanted to ask you because it's it's part of the italian american thing it's the, with the festivals what i've noticed over the years because now i've been playing the festivals since you know 2012 2013 um a lot are disappearing and uh, what I'm noticing is they keep going more and more towards we have to appeal to everybody else and the younger. So we got to have the country act and the cover band and not make it Italian. We got to sell corn and we got to do this. And it, the, the Italian experience disappears. And I think what they're actually doing is shooting themselves in the foot. And how I've brought it, well, what I tell people is when you go to a Mexican restaurant, you don't order a hamburger. So when you go to an Italian festival, you don't want a hamburger. <laughs> you, you want the experience. And when you start trying to you know, appeal to this giant base, I think it kills the experience. So I don't know if I'm right with that. Uh, that's why I think what you're doing, and especially what I've tried to do, you know, I did the festival three years here in Rockford, Solo Italiano. We couldn't do it this year. And you know, Benny from Francesco's here, he had the same idea as me. It's you know, making an old school own, that's why we called it solo Italiano, only Italian. There's not going to be, <laughs> everything's Italian, and no one didn't want to come just because it was Italian. So I don't know if you see that, um, but it's very sad with a lot of these festivals disappearing. It's, it's unfortunate. You're right. You're right. I mean, I, you know, I, I don't, I mean, look, who might have, you know, judge anybody or, or, you know, anything like that. I mean, everybody does their thing. And, and you know, some people do what they need to do. Right. I mean, yeah. I just think if they do that, they don't, they may not really understand the power of Italianicity mm-hmm. because if you really understand, I mean, you look at the most popular foods in the world, Asian of course is up there, but Italian pizza, yeah. between general Italian and pizza, one and two, yeah. if not two and three in, in the world. Oh yeah. You look at, um, the um, atmosphere, you know, that Venetian or Florentine or just, you know, our colors are bright. I mean, if you really understand the culture and you're able to market it and, and, and create a, an experience, what the people who are doing uh, that you're talking about, and I've dealt with them too, you know, they try to buy acts for me and I really don't want to do that. That's not my world right now, but um, yeah, they'll have, you know, and, and, you know, it is a marketing thing. It is a, hey, we need to get the young people. So let's, you know, we do one, which I don't understand. I understand, but I don't understand. Is they did a whole night 
but on the main stage is house music. Right. Oh, 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 you know, all house. Yeah. And I love house music. But, you know, well, we need something to bring the kids in. We need, I think we can be a little more creative. Right. And you gotta, just got to get out there because I tell you, you know, there's, you're right. A lot of kids don't get it. No. Yeah. It's, you know, some of them, and to their, to their uh, credit or understanding, they are now third, fourth, fifth, right. sixth generation Italian. Right, yeah. They don't, there are kids out, they don't know who Frank Sinatra was. Exactly. They don't know who Dee Martin was. Right. They don't know what the Tarantella is. And that's a function of how they're brought up as well. Yeah, yeah. But it's to be diluted. So we have to understand that. But I still think, uh, to your uh, uh, point, I still think there's um, things we could do to foster our heritage and still make it cool. And again, if you do the food part right, the people will come. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a... That's a big deal. Uh, there's been some festivals where food's not great, but yours, great food, especially Oakley Street, of course, because you got all those restaurants there. If, if uh, people haven't gone, of course you can't. It's past for this year. But... Too, you know, I spend a lot of time with these festivals, with the, um, with the vendors about their food, because they have a tendency. Let's, you know, I may use this kind of chicken in my restaurant, but for the festival, I want the cheapest. You know, we got to make right. all as much money as we can or the, uh, the, the portion sizes, or, you know, there's a, um, uh, duplication of, of different items. I mean, I really spend a lot of time with the vendors. Hey, it, let's give them a great menu. Let's give them a great variety, give them quality and give them value. Right. And, you know, once they start and they, and they do that, and that's why people know us, there isn't anybody, I, I defy anybody to say that the food in one of our vessels is, is not up to par because it really, really is. Yeah. No, it's, you- yeah, you've done a great job. And, and I think a big part of the food, too, is uh, the experience. It's not just, you don't want to go to an Italian festival and it's just pepperoni pizza and a sasitza. And, uh, you know, what I've noticed is, like, one festival that always sticks out to me is Vandergrift, Pennsylvania. It's a little town, yeah. huge Italian, big food. But they had this bagna calda. I'm, yeah. I'm Sicilian. I didn't know what this was, but it's cool because you can have that and be like, oh, this is an experience. I've never had this before. And uh, so I think that's a big part of it too. have the, the different areas of Italy that have all these foods that you might not taste every day, especially Sicilian Absolutely. is a big, big thing. But uh, one of my favorite things to go to is, you know, we, we, are, we uh, uh, help put on the, uh, the Hoboken Italian Festival, all the entertainment, as you know, that yep. it was a great job there. It's the Festa of the Madonna dei Martiri. I think it's at their 80th year, something like that, right around there. Great guys, and, and we feel so honored to be a part of it in Hoboken, where Frank Sinatra right. was born. Yeah. But then always on the Sunday of our of, of our festival there is uh, in the Bronx, and it's Ferragosto. And they do it just on Sunday, one day from like 12 to 6 or 12 to 8. I mean, it's crazy. And you know, putting on a festival, I know what I got to do to put on a festival laying down power and lights and tents and this, I mean, it's so much work. They do all that for just like an eight hour thing. Wow. And you go down the street and I love it. People are making, I mean, I don't know, you know, with, with codes and everything, what they got going on in the Bronx. <laughs> I love it because they got pigs on spits, making wow. the whole porchetta sandwiches, cutting it right off of there. Oh, wow. They've got, they're making fresh mozzarella right there in the street. I mean, yeah. you know, with, with the you know with the oh, whole yeah. rubbery thing happening, they're making um, uh, the uh, zeppole dropping the dough right, and yeah. the big bats on right on the curb <laughs> right there. I mean it's 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 something to see. You talk yeah. about authenticity. Oh yeah, that's I what people want to see, see though. Yeah, 
Oh, no, you got to go. You yeah. got to come. You got to do it. Yeah. Um, do it. We and could... I know how you can do it. You can play our Hoboken Festival. <laughs> there you go. And then down for Sunday. <laughs> that. Well, we're down. You let us know. Um, so we could, again, talk for days about uh, uh, your theater, but just really quick. So a lot of people out here in Rockford, especially, they, they come to your theater. They know who you are. How did you get involved? I, could, I know you could talk for hours about it, but uh, so how did you get involved with the Arcata Theater? Well, uh, and I love, I got to say, I love, you know, uh, Nielsen World, otherwise <laughs> known as Rockford. Um, I really, really do. And the Coronado and the Clock Tower, just all those things. I love it out there. You've all actually opened my eyes to a lot of great things in, in Rockford as well. Um, but we get a lot of support, from not only for Rockford, but not only the Arcata Theater in St. Charles, but also I have a, a, a 25, a 40, I'm sorry, a 25-acre, 45-year-old amusement park in Union, right, which yeah. is... Uh, Formerly Donnelly's Wild West Town. Now it's Onesti's Wild West Town. Um, but look for a big announcement in the next few weeks. I'm like, you'll be one of the first I'm going to let you know about. <laughs> All right. It's cool. But the Arcata Theater was something that, um, uh, actually, it's our 15th anniversary this year in 2020 when Onesti Entertainment came to St. Charles. Um, I was actually managing uh, a band, very calm, very popular. I know you've, uh, you've had them out there, American English. Oh, the, the Beatles, Beatles, right, yeah. Great band. I was managing them. And one of the places we were playing was the Arcata Theater, which was a $4 Bruin View um, movie house. Really, really run down, run down no, um, really run down. And, um, uh, but we played it. It was the only live act to play it and sold out. And it was great. I mean, people went crazy for it. But then they went back to that, you know, uh, beer smelling, run down kind of place. That was the first year. Uh, so what, 18 years ago. So then I called, I tried getting a hold of the uh, owners at the time, uh, to, to bring the Beatles. I mean, the Beatles. So yeah, the Beatles back, uh, uh, to the theater and I wasn't getting called back and I kept on, I wasn't call, getting a call back. So I took, I, I drove over there. Oh, you're good there. Um, and, um, uh, and there was a big dumpster outside and it was like, they were knocking it down or, you know, like, Oh my gosh. So I, I got a hold of the owners, start putting, uh, uh, stupid offers in, you know, like uh, just see, and we were having our daughter at the time, uh, literally, I mean, going back and forth to the doctor and, you know, uh, basically that, that same time, it's just uh, a month apart. Uh, matter of fact, I moved into the theater, moved into my new home and had our daughter the same weekend. It was busy. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> <It's> nuts. So, <laughs> um, so, uh, so yeah, so I, I, you know, and, and I got the call basically at the doctor's office at the hospital you know, I got the theater. I'm like, holy cow, be careful what you wish for. I was happy. And now what? It's, you know, um, it was really something. And um, and it was tough. Uh, at first, you know, I walk around the city of St. Charles. I could have ran for mayor. I mean, my paper, my, my pictures on the cover of the paper. He's going to save the theater. Oh, man. My gosh, it was going to be easy. It'd be me and Vince playing banjo on the stage. <laughs> sell out. No problem. Well, for two years, nobody came really? because it had stigma of being a, a down, just a, a terrible place, really, you know, stinky and, and run down and they just had movies and it just wasn't, you know, so it took a while and I had to hang in there. And I think with the Italian American community, the festivals, the theater, I, I, one thing I would say is I've got a little bit of a uh, perseverance and staying power that's led to whatever level of success we're enjoying now. That's good. So uh, sticking with the Italian American part, is there one Italian American entertainer or artist who has made you starstruck all these years? I know you've met a lot of people, but is there one Italian American that actually starstruck you? 
you know, um, I tell you, I, I, you know, our peers in the, in the industry events and, you know, that, you know, especially the guys that, that are booking the larger venues and they talk about working with you too, or Elton right. John. Or, <laughs> yeah. Just, uh, yeah. I talked to Elton all the time. You know, they, they, it's no big deal. Right. I'm not ashamed to say that I am starstruck every, almost every show <laughs> because I work with, with people, you know, that, uh, that I like, I bring in, you know, that's just, I'm 58. Um, and these are people that I just so happen to people. I like other people like them a lot. Right. And, uh, and I'm, um, I still get starstruck. I, I really am. Um, as far as the Italians, you know, starstruck is a guy I'm very good friends with. It's Zucchero. You know, I know oh, Zucchero. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, and he was one of my favorites. Um, and, um, I, uh, and I got to meet him and started working with him and invited to his house in Italy and, and, uh, and the stuff he's done for me personally, I mean, you know, personal stuff, you know, I mean, we're so close, you know, really good. And I'm still starstruck. So cool. I would say, I'd say I was at uh, Pavarotti's 70th birthday party in, in, in wow. NIAF in, in, uh, in Washington. I held this cake and it was kind of cool. To be in the wow. That's cool. Um, I mean, like I said, yeah, I, there's I, so I, you know, many of them. And then, you know, we, we did something with Eros and oh, I was really, really um, like starstruck. I was a little, yeah. you know, because he could be a little standoffish, you know. He's I a like, big deal over there. Uh, a big deal over here, too. But we got to be such, you know, uh, comrades, you know, the camaraderie was there that actually, and I'm still looking for this picture. He's got, there's a picture of him holding my head and with his fist up like he's beating me up, you know. <laughs> and one of the national photographers took it. I forgot oh, wow. what that, that, uh, that, uh, they take them all and you, you can get the pictures from. I can't think of the name right now. But anyway. It's like an AP or UPI, but there's a Getty, Getty, the oh, Getty. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. Getty photos. Yeah. Getty uh, because it showed up in some magazine. Oh, wow. And then I don't know who this idiot was. It was getting beat up by Edos. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, uh, I, I get starstruck, man. And, and I'm proud of it. I really, really am. Yeah, that's cool. Has, is there. On the stage. Huh? I can watch. I, I, oh. You're playing this while I stop, but I, yeah. when I watch. <laughs> no, you do. You do. <laughs> you do. Is there a Italian-American entertainer that you have not been able to book? that you've always wanted to book? Yeah, as far as booking, I mean, another guy, uh, Tony Bennett, I've never booked. Uh, I've met him several times, and I got to be his daughter, you know, uh, Antonia? Yeah. Daughter. She's like my, my sister. We, we're hmm. so close. I've been, I've been by her in, 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 uh, in, in California, and, and she's been by me, and I got her the David Award, and we're doing that back. I mean, I, I, you know, very, very, very close with That's her. That's cool. So when he comes to Chicago, I, I would go say hello to her, and, and he'd be there. And so as for booking, yeah, I'd, I'd like to do, and I will do a Tony Bennett show. Um, um, you know, I mean, there's not a whole lot left, unfortunately. Right. No, exactly. Um, yeah. The... But, um, but yeah, he's probably the one that, uh, you know, he and Tom Jones was obviously is not Italian, right, but right. That era, oh, you know, yeah. another one was Paul Anka that I never was able to do a show. And then about three, three years ago, three or four years ago, I was awarded one of his shows. He didn't want to come to this little, you know, what am I doing this little theater? But the agent knew me real well. He's like, trust me, this is the guy, this is the place. It's not like anywhere else. Right. Yeah, he played, you know, arenas. He plays, you know, uh, 4,000 seaters, casinos. I got 900 seats. Well, we did two nights. Wow. And then since then, you know, Mr. Anka has got a, 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 a diverse reputation, let's say, in the industry with me. He sends me Christmas presents. He'll call me. He'll text me. He'll send, he sent me a sweater for Christmas last year. Beverly Hills store. I didn't even know. I get this box. And I didn't know. I mean, we're, we got to be really good, you know, close. And then we talk and stuff. And I get this box. 
and it's from Paul. I open it up in a tie, an old thing, and Mary Christmas from Paul. I'm like, who the frick is this Paul guy? Because I get, you know, when you're doing what I do, people, right. they send you stuff. They just do it. You're in music, whatever. I get cookies. I get all kinds of stuff, liquor. And I'm trying to find out, and it's a store in Beverly Hills. I call up, and I'm like, you got to help me. I, I got this gift, and I want to send a thank you. Can you tell me, you know, I got a number here. Oh, yeah, that was from, yeah, he does it. Um, uh, he, he comes here quite often. I said, oh, okay, great. Can you give me his last name? So he started spelling it. I'm like, okay, it's Paul. He goes, A, N. I'm like, are you kidding me? Wow, that's cool. That's cool. I'm like, holy cow. Yeah. Well, it was cool, except I tried to put it on. It's just two sizes too small. <laughs> I'm watching my weight now, just a fit in that sweater. I could say that Paul Anka's on me. Because you don't send it back. Yeah, hey, no. Paul, yeah. It's a little small. Can you get me another size? Yeah, no. You don't do that. I always, I know People always hate it when I say this, sacrilege to say this, but Paul Anka's version of My Way 100% beats Frank Sinatra's in my book. I like his version of My Way 10 times better, but that's well, just me. Well, we, got a, um, we had him booked here in October, but we're moving it to, I think, May. You got to see his current show because, you know, he's, he's one of the most spectacular entertainers. Forget the music for a second. Entertainers. He walks in from the back of the theater. He up and walks on the chairs in the audience. Wow. He dances with the ladies. He goofs around. He does this amazing uh, uh, video where he sings with Sammy Davis Jr. Oh, he cool. does an incredible Purple Rain, give you chills. Really? And then and, and then he does all, obviously all his hits. Right, right. But then he does um, he does a whole set of Sinatra. I mean, it's spectacular. It's yeah. spectacular. No, I'll have to come. You said May. Uh, yeah, I'll let you know. But anytime, whether it's by my place or not, if anybody out there gets the chance to see the Paul Anka show, it's it's a necessity. Forget about you like it. It's a necessity. Right. Try. Yeah. No, that'd be cool. I I, I got to see him. I love, like I said, my way, his version. I know he wrote the song. A lot of people don't realize that that he's the. He, a... he actually didn't write the song. Oh, he didn't. He, he's, I mean, he's not even Italian. Remember, right, he's Canadian. Right. No, he's not. Yeah. Canadian and Lebanese. Oh, people, I didn't know but he, Lebanese. Wow. Yeah, but we still welcome him as one right. of our own. <laughs> and it was actually a Frenchman who actually wrote My Way. Oh. But it was in French, and he took it and wrote the American oh, okay. version of it. I got gotcha. you. Uh, and the melody, and um, and you know, and he wrote the the uh, the Johnny Carson's uh, da 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 da. He wrote oh, that. I didn't know that. <laughs> it gave me hours of stories, and that's great because afterwards, now he's a little guy. He's the only guy I can look right in the eye. You know. <laughs> But he eats like a freaking teamster, orders everything on the menu, and just loves my meatballs, and he eats like crazy. And after every show, we'll sit just he and I. He doesn't want to do this big, like, Sinatra-esque right. 50 person, all the guys, all the goombas, all the guys, all that. doesn't do that. Me, he and I, he just sits, he just wants to have dinner with me, and we just sit, and we talk about, he's got a young son. His son is my daughter's age of 15, wow. um, and he lives for his son. Um just a, just a tremendous individual. I can give you a, let's do another show on yeah. Paul Anka. No, I'll Can do give it. Him a call? Um, so we're running out of time, but, uh, what, I'm just, <laughs> well, we'll have to do another one of these. Me and you could talk for hours on this stuff. Sure. So, but, uh, what's your hope for the future for Italian American entertainment? And do you have a good or a bad feeling? Hopefully it's good, but that there's others, not like I'm doing anything big and special, but others like me, my age, that are going to try to continue the Italian music, not 
you know, like we say, my new genre is we're not your nonna's Italian music is kind of my saying. I'm trying to change it a little bit. So if people don't, because when you think Italian music, you either think that's amore or you think opera. And right. I kind of want to change it. It's not, it's not just that. So do you have a good feeling that, you know, this younger, even I got a four-year-old and you got a, a younger daughter. So are we going to keep it going? Or do you think, unfortunately, you know, it's starting to die out? It's like anything else, you know, one of the, one of my big joys of having, you know, I've got the Displains Theater now also, which is just like the Arcada. We're going to be opening that up by the end of the year. Um, and by the Arcada, one of my biggest joys is when I'm on stage or I'm in the audience prior to a show and I see 12 year olds walk in with Zeppelin shirts on, 15 year olds with who shirts on. And, and it's, and it shows, and even now, you know, you think about the music today, uh, Ariana Grande, Justin Bieber, whoever, whoever, like I know what I'm talking about. But anyway, um, uh, you know, who, uh, you know, what 15 year old when they're 40 will say, oh man, Justin Bieber was, you know, the bomb. And then, you know, what songs you, in other words, I'm, 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 I'm comparing it to the staying power of right. really classic rock and roll. Right. So the classic Italian music I think it's uh, obviously it's two things. It's a function of the upbringing. I think there will be also always an element. The good news about Italian entertainment and music, it's more often than not tied into the um, culinary experiences. Right. And, you, know, you go to an Italian restaurant, you're hearing Italian music, you're, you're making food. It's, you know, so I think as long as there's Italian food and I hate to bring it down to that, you know, but to oversimplify it, but I think as long as there's Italian food, and, and, and we do our jobs to foster our heritage and stick together. Um, I think we, we have a good future, a, a good future. I mean, I'm not saying that all of a sudden a resurgence right. and Sinatra-esque is going to be at the top of the charts, but there's a little Canadian by the name of Michael Buble right, who exactly. made it. Right. It was a guy by the name of Harry Connick Jr. that made it happen. Yep. Um, maybe you're the next one after Buble. But I, we'll I think I, I think the my ways and the, and the – um, I mean, you look at Andrea Bocelli. Yeah, yeah, Bocelli's. But uh, I'm thinking of the song. My, my favorite song. And I, I'm trying to blank. You believe oh. this? <laughs> Vincero, Vincero, Vincero. Right, uh, anyway, Dorma. Yeah, there you so, go. Dormas, um, I think it's got staying power, Vince. I really, really do. But it's up to us. It's it's going to take work. Yeah, no. It's take work. What I tell God, guys like you. Well, I, you know, what I always tell people is, you know, music's great. Every genre is great. But, you know, like you just said, Justin Bieber songs. I mean, I couldn't hum a song for you. But if anybody in this country hears ba da 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 ba ba immediately it's <laughs> Italian. You think of eating a meatball or ravioli. It's immediate. That culture, I don't think, is going away just because it's ingrained um, in everybody's head. So that's it the, is. And it's cool. It's right. cool to be Italian. It's cool to like Italian. Mm. You know, when, when I, I'm, my name is Ronald. My brother is Richard. My sister is Victoria. And my parents are, are Italian. <laughs> but uh, their generation, it wasn't cool to right. be Italian. It was cool to be American. It was cool to be English. We have all English names. I don't, I'm not Tony. She's not Maria. My brother's not Vito. Right. You know, it was a different generation. Yep. But now it's cool. My daughter's name is Juliana Gabriella. It's cool to be Italian. Oh, it is. So uh, before we end it, uh, what's next for you? I know there's probably a lot, but are there any big developments uh, coming up? I know COVID's put 
you know, everything on hold. So I don't know if you have actual shows for 2020 still in the fall, but uh, so what's really what's next go, going on at Arcade or anywhere? I'm, I'm, I'm utilizing this time to renovate, to redo my business models, to maximize efficiency models. Um, again, doing construction, we're adding at the Arcada, we're adding hotel suites. I've got the Sinatra suite, the Zeppelin suite, oh, wow. Elvis, suite, all experiential. Um, uh, again, you know, just, I'm probably not going to do a whole lot of shows this year. It looks like right. my festival all canceled. So I'm just trying to stay positive. That's the bottom line. Yeah. It's so difficult, but you can compound the, the difficulty by being negative. So you be positive. I tell everybody, well, we'll be back soon sharing our meatballs and music again. You just got to stay, stay, stick with it. Um, recently I was, um, after the tragic unexpected passing of the uh, founder and president of the National Italian American Sports Hall of Fame, George Randazzo, 42 years. Um, he passed away of a heart attack uh, one year ago, uh, a couple of weeks ago. His wife passed away last week. So it's, it's all, it's a multiple, multiple, multitude of tragedy. Um, also not, not really expected. Um, they elected me president of the uh, Italian American Sports Hall of Fame here in Chicago, okay. uh, which is a national. Yeah. Thank you. And uh, so it's six weeks now. Um, and we've already, uh, you know, what I want to do is just, and everything was in storage. The building is gone. It was on Taylor street. You know, the, the future was uncertain, but, uh, very strong board of directors, um, got to, came together and all of us have been around. I've been around the hall of fame since the beginning in 1978, 79. And, um, and so we put together this really strong team. And the first thing that we got to get a building and what they did, they elected me president much. I didn't even know what was happening. I, I, reported to a meeting and they, I was informed of this. I wasn't asked, which I'm honored, of course. Right. And I took it very seriously. So within wow. six weeks, we bought a new building. We had a, a golf outing that was oversold by 40 golfers. Wow. Um, no, we're, we're, we're redoing the whole website. So there's a lot of stuff going on. So we're really um, excited about doing some uh, uh, things with the Italian American Sports Hall of Fame, of course. Um, uh, uh, and then also, just with all this stuff going on, Columbus, Columbus statues, all that stuff, you know, there are those out there that are fighting for statues and fighting for who Columbus was. I wasn't there 500 years ago. I, I'm a student of it. Um, Carol Delaney's book that came out, and we had a, a, a thing with her um, at the Italian American Human Relations uh, or, uh, Organization uh, put together, and we, we, there, was, there was education about who Columbus was. For me, it's like, you know, whatever about Columbus, it's more about um, – fostering our heritage, staying positive, becoming unified. The biggest challenge that the Italian American community has, in my opinion, and I, I know that people, many share this opinion, is that the unification is a little challenging. Right. You know, what I said earlier, there's all these pockets of Italians around Chicago. Yeah, and that's a good thing and maybe not a great thing because all these pockets need to come together. So what I've been doing personally is in putting these Italian American rallies on different parts of the city. And the first one I did was on Taylor Street at a Regal Park right in front of the base of where the Columbus statue once stood. And we had probably four or 500 people there and it was phenomenal. A lot of red, white, and green everywhere. Wow. I'm doing another one uh, this Sunday. I know this is a green thing, so I'm sorry if it doesn't <laughs> play, but anyway, it's August 30th and um, we're doing um, uh, another big North side uh, Chicago Italian rally where I'm bringing heroes, uh, local heroes real quick. A uh, great story here. Young lady, Walking around a Cubs game, she's a Cub fan, with a sign saying, "Help! I'm a little. This little cubby needs a kidney." So the Cubs saw that. They took pictures of it uh, and heard. They took some video. They put it on their social media. 
this White Sox fan, which, as you know, is a dichotomy right. here in this area, um, saw it. And he said, you know what? I'm a young man. He's probably in his 30s or early 40s, maybe. And, uh, and he contacted her. He was a match. He donated his kidney to save this girl's life. This wow. all is just happening right now. He was on the news a couple of days ago. Uh, his name is uh, Thomas Alessio. And so I reached out. I found him. And, and he's coming to this, to this, uh, uh, this rally. Wow. This is a hero. You know? And there are other people, too. Uh, 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 one of my, my top employees, his sister's husband was the first Chicago police officer to pass away from COVID at 52 years old. Wow. Another hero. Yeah. Um, so, and, and so we're doing this thing for first responders, frontline people, educators, um, you know, these kinds of local heroes of Italian American extraction, just to bring pride and foster our heritage. And if we can do more of these things on individual local basis, which ultimately ties us all together, yeah. then we have the muscle, we'll have the numbers, but the strength to make a difference, whether it's politics, whether it's putting uh, doing cultural events, getting our festivals back, maintaining, is it Columbus Day? Is it Columbus Day Parade? Right. Is it Italian Heritage Day? Whatever it is, we still have our numbers because there's over 500, between 500 and 700,000 Italian Americans in Chicago metropolitan, Rockford, that whole area. There's enough of us if we join together. And that's what my personal uh, mission is. Wow. Well, that's great. Well, uh, Maybe I'll have to do something out here in Rockford. You know, Rockford, you go to Chicago and you tell someone from Chicago you're from Rockford. It's like, oh, my gosh, you're so far away. But it really isn't. <laughs> it really isn't oh, that far. Rockford. Yeah, so Rockford. we'll have to do the Chicago and the Rockford Italians. We'll have to do something together. We'll all have to get together. But, uh, but uh, you've been doing great stuff. Uh, keep going. I know uh, you got your head up and going through this COVID thing. And uh, I'm sure you're going to come out the other side doing some even better things because I've been watching you all these years and you've done some great stuff. So I really appreciate you talking to me. We'll have to do another Italian American segment one of these days and talk about some other stuff. But uh, once again, I appreciate you coming on. So I wish you the best, buddy. You keep doing Forget about what I'm doing. (laughs) You keep doing what you're doing. Who's the one with the podcast? You're doing it. You're making a difference. You're a young family man so proud of you keep well, going thanks. man i'm trying but uh everybody check out ron and all he's doing uh is it still oshows.com or arcadalive.com shows.com all right there you go check out everything he's doing you got all your different venues on there and all the shows and everything so uh keep an eye on ron so all right thank you again Ciao. we'll talk to you soon on to the 